welcome to another episode of the Mash Those Buttons MASHcast. I'm Jarrett, and I'm here with uh, community manager and uh, shark wrangler, Rob Hill Williams. And uh, I keep waiting for the day when and uh just turns into silence. But that's okay. <laughs> Not today. I got a glass of wine, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm here with senior editor and Grammy-nominated hip-hop artist, Nick Santangelo. I don't like to brag about it, but you know. Nikki S in the house. What's what? I <laughs> <laughs> just gotta say, you know, turn my headphones up. Then you're good. <laughs> All right, so yes, this is uh, Mashcast number 23, named after the greatest player to ever touch a basketball. But uh, what did you say? I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was good. He was very good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, he was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's. Uh, we got some things to cover today, so let's just get into it. Rob, what you been playing? I've uh, been playing NHL 12, Madden 12. Uh, both of those you should see reviews on soon. And uh, also Crimson Gym Saga, which is a PSP game. Came out, God, probably last year sometime. Um, RPG, I've had it sitting on my PSP forever, but I played the city so much that I don't even touch anything else that's on my PSP. Um, and recently got back into it, and it's, it's good. It's very old school. Very, very old school. But uh, it's got good graphics. Very nice game. Alright. And uh, how about you, Nick? Uh, a little tiny bit of Star Fox on the 3DS. Mostly just Gears of War 3, though. I've been playing a ton of that. Uh, play a little bit of the campaign, and it's fun. Uh, Let the Berserker? What's that? Lambent Berserker. Lambent Berserker. Those things are crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the campaign is pretty good. It's the same, really the same kind of usual nonsense story-wise, but it's fun. Really, I've been playing um, a ton of Horde mode with Jess Weimer and Jason Wersitz and Aaron Tomko from the site. And we've been having a lot of fun with that. It has like these light um, tower defense sort of elements to it now, which is a lot of fun. So I've really been enjoying that. And that is what I've been up to. Okay. Well, at least you've been having fun. I I've been, been I've been playing Dead Island and that is the opposite of fun. I fucking hate that game. God. Uh-huh. Like I mean, yeah, I, I I'm not even going to really get into it because there is a podcast coming out on Tuesday or if if you listen to this Mashcast on Monday when it comes out, that'll be tomorrow for you. Just listen to it. it's Dead Left for Dead uh versus Dead Island for the versus series number 5. And I I hate Dead Island. Hate it. Hate it. But yeah, running very counter. Running very counter to the the popular opinion, which is that it's flawed but still worth playing. Jared just does not think so. No, no. Once you learn how to kick, which is the E button <laughs> on PC, that's that's the whole game right there. Kick, slice, kick, slice. That's all you got to do. It's it's terrible. There's a reason why zombies fight in hordes, and that's because you were superior to them. So, but um, yeah. So yeah, I've heard a number of people say that that the kick mechanic is kind of like the wind button. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I, <laughs> I, 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 it's I'm not the not, first time I've heard this. So. I, I'm not gonna nerf myself. I'm not gonna re- like Mikey because Mikey's on the podcast. So he was like, "Yeah, I really didn't use the kick, you know, because I wanted to have fun." I'm just like, you shouldn't have to nerf yourself to have fun in a video game. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> 
I've heard that before in games. Like, whoa, you just don't use the super mega awesome weapon. I'm like, well, if they're going to give it to me, like, of course I'm going to use it. Like, who should be like, well, I got this nuclear rocket launcher here, but I'm just going to hit people with a stick. I get people making, like, self-imposed limits on themselves. Like, you know, you know, when you finish Final Fantasy VII and then you play it again and then you choose, like, not to get, like, the final, you know... It, Final limit breaks or something like you know self-imposed limits are one thing, but that shouldn't be the only reason that like you know that shouldn't be the 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 number one way that you have fun. You shouldn't have to like not do something the first playthrough in order to have fun with it. That'd be yeah. like having Deus Ex and like yeah, just don't upgrade like any of your augments because then you would just punch people to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is different than that. well, the game is broken if you use this mechanic. Right. Yeah, so so that's different. Different thing. Yeah, but Dead Island not fun. Astro Tripper very fun, and I'll have a review on the site for that. It's like um, it's not a it's not a very large game. It's only got four four I guess stages, and each stage has three levels. Like it has the a level one, level two, and then like a boss level. But it's like a little side scrolling shooter. But it's it's limited space. So it's like a side-scrolling arena shooter, and like your whole goal is to not die, of course. So it's really awesome. Uh, and I've been playing Skydrift still because the game is great. The game is excellent. It really is. <laughs> so if you yeah, have, yeah, we believe you, yeah, we talked about it last week, and I think we kind of just hit the nail on the head there. So yeah, it's awesome. Check it out. Yep. you know it's good. But um. Yeah, from there, let's let's get into the topics. Got a couple things to talk about this week. Uh, first up is Netflix or Quickster. It's going to be called soon. I, at this point, I'm pretty sure everybody's yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I guess for the part that we're talking about, sure. but uh, you know, at this point, everybody's heard that Netflix is splitting their DVD business into its own business. Period, and they are adding games to that service, and it's called Quickster. Um, now, to my knowledge, Quickster is not going to like games aren't just going to be part of it. You have to like upgrade to like you know, it's kind of the way you have Blu-ray. You have to upgrade, you know, have have that specific part of the service. Yeah, yeah that's exactly know, what they're doing. Two bucks or something. Yeah, yeah, to get games. Same thing. I don't think they. Yeah, it'll probably be like two bucks. They didn't announce like the actual pricing yet, but that's you know, I, w- I would think it would be something like that. Well, I don't It'll know, because yeah, Blu-ray, Blu-ray. Blu-ray is like four bucks, or maybe even five bucks now. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's like, Blu-ray went up. Hmm. Like, there was a huge stink about that when that went up, you know. But, of course, that went really unanswered, because people were like, oh, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a cancel Blu-ray. Never happened, <laughs> you know. Really? But, when did that happen, though? Because, I mean, up until they, you know, decided that they were going to basically double charge for having streaming and and dvd like blu-ray was only like two dollars six months ago that's strange it happened a while back it happened a while back so you know like the thing is because i was kind of like pissed about it but then i thought about it because originally blu-ray was only like a dollar when i originally signed up for it it was a dollar extra and then now like oh my god you're you're charging more for blu-ray and blah 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 i'm just like you know at first i was a little pissed but then i actually thought about it i was like it's four dollars that's half of a Chick Fil A meal for me. That's how I. That's how I gauge value, by the way, in Chick Fil A meals. <laughs> well, how, well, how's the selection? Has the selection improved at all? Because yeah, I, I never has. had the Blu-ray option. It, it has. The selection definitely has improved. So, like, I mean, I really can't complain. I don't have any complaints. I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna, you know, bitch over three bucks. Yeah, I'd rather pay three dollars more and get more. Rather than pay twenty-five dollars yeah. for a whole Blu-ray movie. 
Exactly. There you go. <laughs> you know, so but um yeah, the whole you know, Gamefly oh god, not Gamefly. Um I was gonna say I said Gamefly and then I was gonna say Napster, but it's Netflix. Napster. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> right, it's late, folks, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, it's uh, America Online. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... <laughs> I, you know what? There are people who are listening to this right now who don't even know what that was. There, there literally are, and that makes me you know so what? sad it's and so old. It's past their bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> if you were born in the 90s, go back to bed. Yeah. If you can't identify that sound, you're yeah. in the wrong place. But um, yeah, so Quickster, I'm, I'm not even going to say Netflix anymore because Netflix doesn't have the game service. Quickster has the game service. And that's that's actually, I, it, it, they said they're going to bring that out in a few weeks. That's like, that's not even that, that not far off. I mean, it's a few weeks. Right. Well, clearly they've been preparing for this for a while. And this, you know, obviously the whole. Um, splintering off of the uh, $8 for the streaming and $8 for the DVD service, even though it was still all Netflix, was the was uh, preparatory for this. And they even the CEO, Reed Hastings, I think it is, mm-hmm. even apologizes for that. But like we discussed this before the show, it comes off as like, hey, we're so sorry. By the way, we're making it worse for you now because yeah. now it's entirely different systems in addition to two different payments. Yeah, that's it's. I don't know. It's the management of both is going to be a pain. But uh, you know, I can totally see Netflix offering some type of cloud gaming service in their future. You yeah, know what I'm saying? they're clearly oh, all yeah. about digital. They're, they're trying to they're trying to position themselves now. So I can see that happening. Like they're now they're going to compete with uh, GameFly, and then position themselves to compete with online and Gaikai and all those guys too. I could. That's that seems about right. Yeah, and you know, but sadly for GameFly, because I know me personally, I am not going to spring for that service from Quickster, because I already have GameFly, I barely use it as it is, but the reason I stay with GameFly is because of the PC service they have coming out soon, uh, which is in beta, oh, it's going to be in beta soon, um, but... um you know the reason the, the the sadly for GameFly, like there was an article not too well, I say about a year ago at this point, where GameFly was talking about the troubles they have with the U.S. Postal Service and how they give Netflix or you know that company they give them priority and they take care of their DVDs and their packages better than GameFly. Like GameFly was talking about all the money they lose by getting broken games back, but. <sighs> And that's why, like, if you if you have a GameFly, like, you know, all that stuff that comes with it. Well, not all the stuff, but you know, it doesn't just come with a with a paper sleeve. It comes with a cardboard sleeve for the game. You know, yeah. that's because of the handling of the U.S. Postal Service. And they were also talking about how, you know, with Netflix, um, I'm not sure if everybody knows this, but when you, your DVD, like, when they, you know, how they send you a DVD once they receive your DVD. Netflix doesn't receive your DVD before they send a new one. Once your DVD gets scanned at the post office, then they send you out another DVD. Yeah, that's why it gets there so quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's why. Um, and GameFly was talking about how the po- like they they pay the postal service a lot of money, and the postal service still doesn't do that for them. So like, yeah. they, like they let me let me interject real quick because I used to work for the postal service. Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, so and that was I think it's probably been about four years now since I've worked there. So it's been a little while, but I did work there for about three years. And even back then, like, yeah, Netflix was so prioritized. They, they had their own they had their own bins and everything at every post office. Well, there's like this tray that the 
It's just for Netflix. Nothing else goes in there. there. There's no other service that has just that. Like, there's no other company that like your stuff is segregated from everybody else's mail, unless wow. you're sending like you know like overnight shit. I don't want to get too into the post service, but just just to to um, qualify that, yeah, they definitely get preferential treatment because they pay a lot more because obviously they're mailing so much more than GameFly. The yeah. sacred red package has arrived. <laughs> but it's in the box. <laughs> don't look directly at it. <laughs> yeah so like so, yeah i'm sure they're getting treated even better now yeah because obviously netflix has just continued to skyrocket yeah well the thing is like that's the edge they're gonna have over gamefly because you know you send a gamefly back and it's just kind of like yeah, you're waiting you know definitely longer than you are for some netflix that is for sure and i'm pretty sure that they'll continue to have that service to go with their games um now i'm curious to see if they have the same problem that gamefly has which is you never get the games you want actually there's one person i know who gets the games they want and that's jason Worsitz. and i don't have no idea how he does it really I have no, I, he's like, oh yeah, I'll gamefly this game, and then like, he gets it. I'm just like, how did you do that? You know what? Somebody's got to get it. You know, somebody <laughs> like you know when you when you're trying to get you know Gears of War three, and they're like, well, you got to wait a couple weeks. You know, there's got to be somebody that gets it. So it's worse. It's there you go. Yeah, that's, you get like a notification. We cannot provide you with your game because Jason Worsitz is currently enjoying it. <laughs> Damn it! Nice those buttons. Like Worsitz, give it up. Give it up, Worsitz. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we'll um we'll continue to uh you know we'll, we'll keep up with that, especially when the service goes live, and we'll see what type of trouble they run into, or who knows, maybe they'll just do it perfectly, and that, you know just. They just you know say you know shut the fuck up and we do you know so we'll see what happens. Um, but moving on uh, now, I can I don't know why, but I consider this happy news when I really shouldn't. It just shows it just shows the type of person I am. But Zynga's profits they took a ninety percent dive, and I'm kind of like finally thank God <laughs> you know what I'm saying that you know maybe yeah. for, maybe now people won't be. You know, singing the glories of the mobile slash Facebook slash, you know, social gaming takeover of gaming as a whole. It's kind of the reverse of what we usually hear. It's doom and gloom for the social gaming industry now rather than mainstream. Yeah. Now, you know, you know, before anybody says anything, I do want to say it is it is just Zenga. We're not saying like that the the social market itself has taken a huge hit. However, Zenga is a huge part of the social market. Um, so it says a lot when a company like Zenga, their profit dives ninety percent. Okay, they went from like making fourteen million uh, to one point four million. That's not. I mean, I, I personally, I'd take 1.4 million, but that's not good. <laughs> yeah, but you I, know, I that down. Yeah, we'd yeah. take that. But the problem is, on top of that, is that you know, when you consider a number like that, like Zynga's in the process of trying to go public, so like that looks bad. But uh, the thing that kind of, I guess, like I have to actually be the the devil's advocate is that it's actually not as bad as it sounds. At least. Not quite as bad as it sounds. Like they they had a ninety percent drop, but the problem is that their revenues, like their actual revenues, were up like two hundred and seventy nine million. So 
there were it was basically what the, the money that they were putting out during that period was so much that like it resulted in them having a 90% profit loss but it's because right now they're launching Empire and Allies which makes me really upset because I used to love Axis and Allies and like even the idea that like I know it's not the same game but that it even has like that they're they're stealing from that <laughs> it just makes me angry but anyway <laughs> but like they're putting like a huge marketing push behind that because that's what they do with all their games like it's just marketing 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 you see the game everywhere like it's on everything and then but like the game hasn't actually come out yet to make them any money so it's kind of an in-between period and on top of that you know stock market's not really doing all that great anyway but um, so I mean, I guess I'll be devil's advocate a little bit there and say that it's not as bad for them as it seems. Like when you say ninety percent profit loss, everybody's like, "Yay!" <laughs> but at the same time, like that kind of it still brings up the idea that like that can't last. You know, even when that like how much can they? How are you going to put out that much money and marketing for a game, and then like? hope that you make all that money back or like hope that you get back to the same level like that can't that that's not a long-term plan <laughs> i Which, don't think you know what the like i think the funniest thing that like you know naturally brought it up you know about you know the revenues being 279 million right they spent so much money they only have 1.4 million left over you know that's not how it works exactly. right? so what you, yeah. but the no, funny that, thing that is can't last <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is i've never even heard of that game before and I'm in tune with the gaming world, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've never heard of the gaming world, not the social gaming world. Hey, I, I, was, I haven't seen a single ad on Facebook, though, for the, for a game with that name. I have no clue what that game was. I was like, really? Like, they spent that much money on marketing and I haven't heard about it? Like, that's a lot of money to spend on marketing. You know? I mean, think yeah. Think about it. I mean, James Cameron spent... Three hundred million on Avatar in terms of marketing, and I they they spend almost that much. And I haven't heard of this with this game. Uh, and I'm sorry, it also counted it factored development costs. And actually, there was a second game too, Adventure World. But really, when you get down to it, like let's let's be real, like those games are all the same as everything else they put yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. that's the main problem. So how in the hell did you spend two hundred seventy nine million on development? Like I'm, I'm hoping that it's mostly marketing because at least that would kind of make sense. But like, if the, if 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 more than like two million of that was development, like you wasted money. Those are some, <laughs> those are some rich developers. Everybody is like, yeah, you want to take my yacht this weekend? You know, yeah, developers are like, yeah, we, you know, we we totally need to like implement like this new algorithm. You know, I got to tighten up the graphics on level three. You know, like that's <laughs> that's what's happening. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, sure, yeah, you know, we got money. Yeah, uh, if if that's all in development, but I think you're right. I think the bulk of it is advertising and marketing. You know, somebody's rich, but I still don't know who the game with you know <laughs> what, what they, they are exactly. <laughs> we I didn't don't, see any of that money. <laughs> exactly, we did not see any of that money <laughs> or any of that games. But, you yeah. know, for like, for something like that, I would expect it to be plastered across Facebook or even across our site with the ads that we get. Like, I haven't seen a single. You know, thing you know about it, and it's not like I will block it because it's it is relevant to our site. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I never heard of it either. Yeah. I heard of Empire and Allies, but like I really like I'm I must have skipped that in like you know my research on this because I I 
didn't even realize there was a second game actually at first until I, was, <laughs> until I was glancing at it. I was like, oh wait, there was two games. Okay then, I guess that makes a slight bit more sense about how much money they spent, but I, I never even heard of the second one. Like I haven't, literally haven't seen the ads for the Empire and Allies, but I at least had heard of it before. I don't know. Take from that what you will. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. That somebody's not spending properly. Like that is a lot. <laughs> wow. I don't know, I'm, I guess the gravity of that, of that works, though. That's, that's how they do things. Like, they just put a huge marketing push into their stuff and put it out there where I, I don't know where they're putting it because we're not seeing it, but they're putting it where people who like social games and spend money on that stuff. Exactly. That's what it. I was going to say. And Cle- that's what they're doing. But Clearly, like, where they're putting it is where it needs to be getting put because people are behind their stuff. Recent 90% profit dip or not, like you said, they're still doing very well. Yeah, but see that that's fine. Like I to me I'm just like that's a I mean you said it earlier like it's a bubble. Like that can't last. The, to have like that that's your process like that you know we're going to we're going to make game we're going to get some we're going to get some profits back on that and then we're going to turn around and shell out like 90% of like what we make to like market the other game. I just bubbles can burst. <laughs> <laughs> that it's just such a, it seems like such a terrible business model. <laughs> like, what the hell happens if a game tanks? Which invariably one eventually will. Like, you can't. Like, there's just no way that this lasts forever. That like, you know, it's always, you know, everything prints money. You know, Nintendo is going through that right now. You know, <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I guess we'll we'll see how they bounce back from this, or if they if if you know that money comes back to them but uh, this is one of those situations where if it doesn't yeah forget about it like we may this may be the beginning of the end but i mean the good thing is like (laughs) exactly the the good thing is that you know for them at least that their revenues are really up so somebody's buying something in you know some of their games that they like but you know you can't like you know people you want to move on from certain things eventually, even casual gamers, casual gamers will not just sit and play the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Like, you know, I play, I know, I knew plenty of people who played Farmville before, but eventually they would get tired of it and they would stop playing Farmville. But then, you know, new people will play Farmville and that's how you I get the it. plantation and you get the sheep yeah. and you get all, you get enough of the stuff. Like, that's the whole point, is to get all the stuff that you need and, well, you can't ever win those games. That's not the point, but, like, at least... Hey, it works for Blizzard. Of, of, you know, fulfillment, quote-unquote. You know, yeah. I guess that's what people get out of it, but, like, there's eventually a point where you hit that, and... You're done. You know, something else, you know, yeah. Everybody yeah. gets tired of stuff after a while. Yeah, so, they, I think, like, their their whole model in terms of games is to really take the safe route and make what they know people like and like you know that's you know the stagnation is how you kill is how the companies i look at myspace stagnation now they're dead they moved too late they start making changes way too late and facebook just came right in and you know kicked them out so i guess the next thing is just waiting <laughs> you know waiting to pounce but um I guess our next uh, our next topic goes in with this topic, which is actually good news for the social uh, the social gaming aspect, or I guess they, they call it the social surge here. And it's an article from Develop.net, which you'll find in the uh, show notes. You know, 
after the show. <laughs> but um, you'll find it in the show notes. <laughs> that's and, how that works. Yeah, yeah that's how that works. <laughs> For those who didn't know, everybody's like, the show notes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so a, a survey was done, and apparently Facebook games are killing consoles. Uh, uh, social gaming apparently is uh, d- is directly contributing to the global decline of software sales, according to this data or these surveys uh, that were done. Um, it says that sixty nine percent of social gamers have access to core platforms such as Xbox three hundred and sixty and PS three, um, but at the same time there are some. Uh, these well, there's some additional numbers here, of course. And it's like you know, uh, 22% of the of the social gamers they spent over a hundred dollars on core games last year. Those don't sound like you know, kind of like those aren't hardcore games. I don't even have to say they don't sound like hardcore gamers. But not even, you don't even have to be hardcore, but just gamers in general, because that means they didn't even buy two games. A hundred dollars is like you know, yeah. Well, it is two games well, on the Wii. Oh no! Exactly. Yes. Which uh, you're buying greatest hits titles or something. Thirty-one <laughs> percent of this social core of, of the crowd played the Wii, while only nineteen uh, percent played the 360 and fifteen percent played the PS3. So for everybody in this, you know, not saying that people who play the Wii aren't gamers, but in this case, I mean, the, everybody has a Wii. You know what I'm saying? So it, and and the people who are most likely to like play social games are most likely to own a Wii because, you know, before social games really, like, started getting out there like they are now, like, the Wii was the social platform. It like, was that the was casual the, platform. Like, yeah, that was, the, that was where people went. Like, that's, oh, my God, you got, you know, Animal Crossing and the Wii Fit, you know, like, that was where people went for their Not their even. Random, like, so how no many people just experience. bought... How many people just bought the Wii casuals and, and just, and just Wii played Wii Sports? Uh, you're and play right. that for like six months, maybe even a year, like you know, not or, every or day or anything, stuff. But. And like you know, and that's all that, but that's all they actually ever played. You yeah, know, right. Their stuff, but but anyways, it th- this survey, this survey gets me because it's I'm like okay, okay. So you went out and you found people who say that they focus on social games and also have consoles. Okay, and the people who focus on social games play social games more than they play their consoles. That, you know, that's not surprising at all. That makes a lot of sense. Right. And then, like you're saying with the Wii, 31% of these people play play the Wii within the past year, and then 19% and 50% played 360 and PS3 respectively. Again, this is not surprising at all. Like, look, look at the crowd that's being surveyed here. Like you guys are just saying, like, where where's the other side of this? Where is the counter survey to say, okay, here are the people that are serious core gamers that play a lot of 360 and or PS3 and or, you know, real PC games, but also play so- social games once in a great while. I want to see that survey so that we can comparatively sit down and, and look at this seriously and say, wow, this is a problem for console and real PC games, or no, it's not at all. This is just people who like Facebook games like Facebook games. You know, it's yeah. like we talk about other stuff. <laughs> It's like, it's just in. Sony fans like Sony games. What? No way! <laughs> well, you know what probably happened? More than likely, these surveys came up after... Actually, did they say how... I don't think they said how the surveys came up, but I'm assuming that the surveys came up after somebody just got done playing a social game. 
That's probably how they did it. That's probably how the the survey came up, and it just kind of shows you. They didn't say what the methodology or like how the respondents were were gathered. They they just said that there were there were two thousand and seventy six applicants. So I guess maybe they put it out there online or something, you know, to be part of a test or something along those lines. And then fourteen hundred about uh, about fourteen hundred qualified after that. Yeah, it just says online, online survey. Yeah, it is all online survey. So it probably was at least in regards to like, oh, you play a social game? Well, let's get feedback from you. Like, I'm sure there was some sort of email feedback, some sort of thing like that. To Yeah, to I, I'd like some more details on that too as to how that was done precisely. But here's the thing that gets me, even beyond like methodology, stuff like that, is is just the numbers themselves. Okay, like 1,400 people, like, okay, it's sample size, you know, you're not going to get, 100,000 respondents or anything like that. It's not like a national political survey or something. But, like, let's think about this. There's 1,400 people, just about, and two-thirds of those have access to a core platform. Half of those... Well, actually, this is weird to me, because I'm guessing that, like, because 31% had Wii, 15% had PS3, 19% had Xbox. I guess the other percentage is PC, Maybe they're not even saying they have these. They're just saying they played them. Oh, I know, but I mean, like, but what I else? But also, kind of the core platform, though. I, I, I just thought about that. On top of, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. See, I, I which, is, which is weird. I don't know. But anyway, PlayStation okay. Twos, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> even, even past that, let's assume yeah. that that's a whole number. So half of those people had a Wii, and then the other half had a 360 or a PS3, and. It, yeah. You're saying that like the 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 amount that people are spending on games is going down, but out of two thirds of the people who responded, half of those have a Wii. About <laughs> because the number they don't even give all three platforms, whatever, There's or all the platforms. In there. <laughs> um, and then so it, what's really what what's come out on the Wii? Exactly, the, I don't even remember the last time I turned mine on. I'm just saying, like that's that's where that's where my brain goes. I'm like, okay, like most of those people have a Wii. Their their money, the money they're spending on core games is going down. Like, of course it is. Like, there's not any games coming out on the Wii, and the Wii is the main place that anybody who was like a casual gamer would have played games. Right. Also, you're not considering like. And it, and it's this is the problem with studies, you know. You have to really. I would love to have access to the whole one. They said it was like sixty something page, like you know, the the whole like sixty something page survey. Um, yeah, I would love to have access to see exactly like what they did and didn't cover because then you got to consider things like why do they have a 360 or PS3? Were they people who like were core gamers? You know, did play games? You know. I would like to see, you know, how much did you spend, not just past year, but, like, how about the year before that? Like, were you spending double that then? And then it was, you know... It, Probably not, because well, nothing that, came out on Wii last year either. Certainly. I mean, that would be my guess. But, you know, if they were spending more than that, then, like, okay, well, maybe they're, they're core gamers that turn social gamers. In which case, then we're, we're talking about something different. We are talking about something that's kind of, like, revealing something. But... I'm just seeing like we're spending less game, we're spending less money on games when we weren't really spending that much money in the first place because now we're playing more social games, which obviously like we're kind of in a rough spot with the economy like all over, like not even just in the US now, like everywhere. Like 
nobody's gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm totally gonna like pay a whole bunch of social games and keep buying, you know, keep buying games for my console too. Like that's not going to happen. On top of that, Wii's not getting any games. You know, if they like social games, they what were they really gonna play on 360 and PS3 anyway? Like, what were they playing? Like, yeah, exactly. Too many things that I'm like, I don't like. There's just too many things that I'm like, stop. I, I really just hate, and this is why I wrote my last editorial. Like, stop trying to tell me that there's just some big, huge link between these things. That like, you know, we we got this big, huge study that reveals that like, you know, it's social surging, social surging, and it's causing consoles to go down, and people aren't buying as much. You, it really doesn't tell me like much of anything. It tells me that some people that had a console don't play as much on that console anymore, and that most of those people that had a console had a system that has gone dry with games and was co- casual in the first place. Like that doesn't tell me that like there's a big console decline. That just yeah, tells it me sounds that like they're trying to make something games, out of this. Like, oh, you know the study isn't there. The study was probably for investors, and of course, like it was probably done. For, the study itself was probably done for a company that has an interest in social games. That's what I was just going to say, Jared. Like, yeah. who 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 is this conducted for? Like Zynga? For all <laughs> we know, for all we know, this is conducted by Zynga. I'm not saying it was, but we, it doesn't say anywhere who conducted this survey. Whoever did it might have a very vested interest in in having people think like, "Oh man, I better get on the social games bandwagon." That's where exactly. it's at. And sadly, investors won't know that Nintendo really does isn't does, they're not bringing anything out they're preparing for their next system like they, I mean they know that about the Wii U but they don't know that the Wii is just dry now <laughs> you know what I'm saying like there's no good games coming for outcome you know coming for like we know it because we're gamers and we follow that stuff but they won't yeah. so of course they're totally biased they're like oh really you know they they said they're going to stop playing console games oh man let's let's put some money into Zenga exactly. <laughs> you know so yeah. And like you said, the Wii, I, I've just, just come to me, the last game I bought for my Wii was Donkey Kong Country. That came out in like October or November of last year. And the next game I'm buying is Zelda, and that's probably the last game I will buy for the Wii ever. Yeah, my last one was so, Sonic Colors, and I only got it for review, and I was surprised about how good it was. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Donkey Kong Country was awesome. But one game in a year? Yeah, that's... Yeah. The- <laughs> it's like, you got... Kirby, Donkey Kong, and right, yeah, maybe you got Kirby. I'm not a big Kirby guy, but but it was still like that was the last year, though. That those were last year. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Rob. Granted, let let's say that you are a Kirby, then you okay, you got three games in in a full year. Wow, right, like that sucks. (laughs) But yeah, but investors don't know that. Yeah, but see the thing, and and the the study was actually performed by Information Solutions Group, which basically all they do is do research for companies. So yeah. I would yeah, love to know who also requested too. the research because I'm sure it was somebody who had a vested interest in social gaming. It was Zenga saying, "Hey, we blew our entire wad, and we need some investors <laughs> <laughs> help us out." How did our employees to go play social games to take a survey? <laughs> how great social games are and that people do need to buy our shares when we go public yeah, yeah. maybe that's not what happened but for all we know it is we have no idea yeah so until somebody tells you otherwise that is what happened <laughs> you heard it here first you heard it here first so mm-hmm. but uh yeah we'll move we're gonna move on from that topic um you know obviously you can only take that with a grain of salt 
Uh, however, our next topic comes from an industry hard hitter. I would say he's a hard hitter. Um, KG Steve was. I mean, I guess he still is kind of. But. He's a, he's a legend in my eyes. There you go. He's a legend because now he's not really a Capcom anymore. But anyway, go ahead. right. Well, it's K- everybody knows who this guy is. Yeah, it's it's KG and Fune. In a Fune, that's how I believe his name is pronounced. Um, at least that's what we agreed on before the podcast. <laughs> but, but um, so he um, it's a it's a small statement. He's basically saying that handheld consoles don't really need to fear you know smartphones yet. You know it. It's you know basically he's saying it's, it's it's just not there yet. It's not comparable, and he compared it between you know with smartphone and cell phone cameras. He's like you know smartphones have cell phone cameras, but you don't see you know digital you know camera you know the professionals rocking cell phone cameras. They still use you know professional cameras. And even me, like I have a, I have an actual you know a digital camera plus my cell phone because you know my digital camera can do stuff that my cell phone can't. So he makes a really good point that, you know, it's just, you know, right now, uh, the two worlds aren't going to eclipse each other just yet. So this wow. is like the most sensible argument a prominent person has made. Yeah, yeah. Or, or not argument. I should statement. It's not really an argument. It's more of a statement. Because yeah. this is the first time that like somebody big on either side has just been like, yeah, you know, maybe that'll get really big. But it's, you know, both sides are doing pretty damn well still. And he doesn't have a vested interest in either side, and that's what makes it yeah, you know, right. important. Like, Nintendo's all like, no, 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 no. 3DS, 3DS, 3DS. Right. And, you know, Apple's like, ah, oh, iPhone, iPhone, iPhone. Blah, 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 blah. And everybody's like, yeah, our platform's winning. And he's like, no, it's it's okay. <laughs> it's Everybody just take a breath, <laughs> you know, pretty much. Um, but he's absolutely right, I mean. And this is this is something we've talked about before. Uh, where you know there there are reasons there are very a lot of reasons to get a handheld gaming platform like the experience the 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 experience of the games there is different than what you would get you know on a cell phone. Yeah, it's not that there aren't some really good um, like smartphone games. I was going to say mobile, but then that could go for handheld <laughs> too. Yeah. Um, smartphone games. They're out there, good ones, but you have to search. Like, there's a lot of crap. There's so much crap, and there's crap on the DS and PSP too. But you, it's pretty you don't easy have to, to wade through the yes, same amount of crap. That's like, what I'm getting at. Yeah, you might have had to wade through kind of the same amount of crap on the Wii, but even that wasn't as bad as wading through an app store to try and find like right. really good games. Yeah, yeah. You much. just go in, even if you don't, if you don't know anything about gaming, you just go like, oh, this one was made by Nintendo. That one was made by Zoo Games. All right, I'm getting a Nintendo game. <laughs> Pretty there much. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when it comes... It's really easy. Oh, yeah, when, when it comes to, like, the App Store, I never go past the first page when I'm looking for something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, who does? I, like, exactly. Like, I'll look for ratings. I'll look for names I know. Like, as soon as EA released Tetris Free, like, I had two free Tetris versions on my phone. I deleted both. I just went for Tetris Free on EA. You know? Yeah. But, yeah... Sweet cannot get the same sort of experience maybe one day you will i'm not saying like it's never going to happen maybe it will one day you, you cannot get the same experience playing uh phone games as you can ds or psp games which is fine well, they it's do not yet different it's not that's yet, what yeah. i said rob i said not yet i'm not saying right. that won't ever happen just oh, no right. I, i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to like shoot you down i'm just saying like you know because that was the point he made that like it's they will eventually you know, that that's the way technology is. Yeah. Well look that's how Hangout gaming started with like 
friggin' Game and Watch and Tiger handhelds and the you know like original Game Boy. Like sure, it was <laughs> fun, but you were like, oh, this was this was a lot better on the NES. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll play this because oh, there's God. not really a better yeah. option. Even even Tetris gets better with time. You yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah. So like, now I, with color. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now with color. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like I said, a very, very sensible statement from a man who has nothing to gain or lose from either side. So, you know, that, that we appreciate that statement from him. Uh, so let's see. Even-handed. Yes, very even. Uh, moving on to our next topic, though. Not really sure how I feel about this, but Crytek is working on Homefront 2. Um, THQ didn't sell the IP or anything like that to Crytek. But instead, they're working hand-in-hand with Crytek. You know, THQ's going to do the publishing and the marketing and all that good stuff. And Crytek's going to do the actual developing. So at the very least, Homefront 2 will be beautiful. <laughs> That's what I can say at the very <laughs> at least. least. You won't be able to run it on your average PC. <laughs> yeah. And it, it'll probably be, it may be very buggy, you know. Uh, memory leaks. computer or your system, for that matter. You know, you'll put it in your PS3 and it won't run, but... No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they said that uh, apparently THQ has uh, granted them, or you know, at least Crytek is saying they have a lot of creative freedom here. Um, as long as no aliens are popping out of glaciers, and you know, or like you know, it turns out that the Korean president, who was, was Kim Jong Il's son, I forget what his name is in the game, but... Uh, something John Hill. Yeah, there you go. Something John Hill. Like, as long as he doesn't, like... You know, you go to fight him, and then he turns into an alien. Or he turns invisible. <laughs> you know? Or you go to fight him, and it's anything... You nanotechnology in his brain. Because, really, what is he going to do? What kind of a boss fight is there really going to be? <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. But, you know, I just think it's... Uh, I'm curious, because... I mean... The problem with Homefront was there was a couple problems with Homefront. One being the story, <laughs> and um, I'm sorry, but Crytek is not really, in my opinion, their storytelling is not that super. You know, every everything they do, like you know, the the graphics for Crisis and Far Cry, amazing. This, you know, the gameplay for Far Cry the original, I thought was excellent. For Crisis, was all right. Um, Far, Far Cry 2 didn't like it so much, so like they're hit or miss for me. I'm not, I, I can't, I cannot say I'm a Crytek fan. I'm not a Crytek hater, but I'm not a Crytek fan. Right. Sometimes they have hits, sometimes they have misses. It's just somebody you just you kind of gauge when you see it. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm curious. I'm glad the same team isn't. Uh, isn't taking care of it. Well, they can't because that that studio got closed. Shuttered. Yeah, but I was hoping, I was really hoping that that game would make its way to THQ Montreal. I knew they weren't going to get rid of the IP. But I wanted to go to THQ Montreal that's where, you know, Patrice Dieselets is. And he's the, the creative director for Assassin's Creed. One, two, and Brotherhood. And so I'm like, if they give him that game, I think they could do amazing things with the story. Because, look, okay, like, you know, the the gameplay itself was pretty was pretty Call of Duty ish, I would say. It was but, pretty Call of Duty. Period. Yeah, pretty Call of Duty. But I'm okay with that as long as the story's good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but the story fell flat. But the story is the place where it had its biggest potential. Like it it had the potential yeah. to be something very very different, and it just turned into the same old. You're the superhero. 
you know, we need you to lead the, you are the resistance, you know. That Justice! Was, uh, earlier, I've heard this song. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was so much hype built around it, too. And, like, in the beginning, I, I kind of bought into it a bit. The more I started hearing it about it, and the closer I got, I started getting worried about that game, as I think a lot of people did, and for good reason. But in the beginning, like, people were like, Yo, it's gonna be like Half Life Two, man. It's gonna be amazing. It and it could have been. It, yeah, it, it, it wasn't. Been, but it wasn't. It was nothing like it. I was yeah. so angry at that game. <laughs> I was so angry at people that that played the game in an early stage. Like, it's gonna be like Half Life Two. Who said that? Because I saw that on IGN. Uh, oh my god, that's oh, that's awful, come on, dude. Think about yeah. it. Yeah, think about where you're reading it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw it other places. Dude, that's the one I'm remembering off the top of my head. And like I said, that was that was really early build. So maybe people were like, "Oh, it has the potential." Because some, sometimes that's they do the that. Machine. Yeah, they that's give, the hype machine, though. It's yeah, like, oh, we saw standard. we saw two seconds of one level, but you know, like it looks like it's gonna be the best game it's ever made. Yeah, yeah, Just and like I never really <laughs> believed, like, oh, great, this is gonna be the next Half Life. I never believed that, but I I think like a lot of people was like, oh, okay, this sounds really cool. Yeah, I don't know. This they they drop the ball on a lot of stuff. You, you know, what would be perfect. Well, the perfect home front for me would be if Valve did the story and like Tripwire did like the level design. That would be incredible because the level design for like Red Orchestra incredible, which I put into that re- in the review, but if they could do the same thing, like, that they did with Red Orchestra and put that into Homefront, like, you know, going through the houses and stuff like that and making it really feel like you're really going through a town in an American city with a Valve storyline and gameplay mechanics, I would never play another well, video game again. Game. I want this game that you're conceptualizing. Oh my god, it'll be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be it'll be glorious. It truly will be. Just- what I really this? just like your original idea. I I would like to see it like go to the Assassin's Creed creative director. Like yeah. that would have been that would have been to me that would have been enough because at least the story would be there. You know, gameplay. Like I would even take gameplay that's a little rough around the edges because like really gameplay in Homefront wasn't bad, but it's just everything you've ever played before. Like there's just nothing different, and there was nothing that was good enough to really be like, oh well, you know. Hooray! Yeah. Like I, yeah, I want to keep playing this. Like, yeah. So yeah, it, it wasn't. It was not a bad game. It just it wasn't a very good game. It, it had so much potential, and then it dropped the ball. Yeah, that was the problem. The hype. Exactly. That was. We're the... gonna put fifty thousand balloons into the San Francisco Bay, but the game's gonna kind of. Oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody else will clean that up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what do you mean the balloons come down? <laughs> but, uh, it's a message of hope except oh, it's man, not we did not see that coming yeah yeah, yeah. oops but uh yeah so we'll uh right that game is far off we're talking like 2013 2014 and that's even if we survive the apocalypse of 2012 so we'll, we'll see that what happens i think we all will though yeah we'll be prepared i've played through half-life i am gordon freeman <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and move on, and like I said, we'll keep you up to date with any new information, hopefully they give us some, I would expect screenshots, like, probably by next E3, maybe, maybe a little after, but we'll see. Um, but moving on, there is, uh, um, 
some of us have have heard of Kickstarter before or crowdsourcing. Some of us have not. Nick Santangelo. But, um, oh, so that? you had to kick him while he's down. Like, I had to. Do that. <laughs> we already, we've explained it. He knows what it is now. He knows what it he's is. He's not the only person. But, yeah, but to, just, to, just to be fair, if you're not really... I think it's more of a PC indie thing. Like, if you're not in, like, into the whole PC indie game or movie thing, you're not really going to know about it. Yeah, if you don't nothing spend time on Twitter, it, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. But yeah, they, nothing against it, but I, yeah, I don't play a lot of PC indie games. <laughs> hey, that's that's not okay. hating on it. Just that's just not yeah. true. That's not what you yeah. do. So it's all good. But um, yeah. So there, you know, there are a couple outlets. You know, there's like Indiegogo, um, Kickstarter. There's a few others I can't remember the name of, but they're all crowdsourcing um, platforms where you know developers or you know. You know, movie makers can get money from the crowds and you know help develop their stuff, and in return, the people who donate get kickbacks. Like, we'll give you a free copy of the game, plus a T-shirt or a signed copy of the album, special edition of the movie, something. Something. Well, um, slightly mad studios, who was the developer of Need for Speed Shift, they uh, are creating a new type of crowdsourcing platform where it's less of like the cra- the crowdsourcing that we see now, and it works more like I guess uh, you know in- investing. It is investing because you know depending on what you invest or what how much money you give, you get you know uh, almost, I don't want to say dividends, but you know you get a return back you know um, they don't want to say dividends either <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know, so you, much she's involved there <laughs> but you do get money back so basically like what they say is uh you know they'll, they'll crowdsource the game or your development and actually this project is called well it's, it's called uh world of mass development because what's going to happen is not only will you uh you know get kickbacks or not kickbacks but you know uh returns from the money that you put in but from start to finish you will be able to access every build of this game i don't think that's a good idea but i'll get into that later um but yeah, you know, you'll get every build of the game, so that's why it's called World of Mass Development, uh, at least the project name is. Uh, and basically, you know, fans will be able to, you know, donate like $5, or pay, I should say, not donate, but pay because you're getting money back, $5, $10. Groups you're basically will... buying a share, kind of, except yeah. that there's not really like a limit to the shares. I guess the, the limit's whatever they want the budget to be. But... Right. And then like, you know, groups get the option, like it's right now $250 for a group option, or if you're a small business, you could donate $1,000, or larger companies can even put in like $100,000. And uh Basically, from all of the of the revenues they get from what you know their sales, thirty percent will go to Slightly Mad or whoever because they want to expen- extend this platform to other developers. So thirty percent will go to the developer, seventy percent goes to you know I don't want to say investors, but because that's what you are. That's what you are. But yeah, they can't, there's laws <laughs> when it comes to investing. There are laws. Now nobody here is a legal professional in that. You know, in the investment field, so I, you know, it's not. I can give you details of what you can and cannot do, but there are right, like it's a regulated, you know, right. Thing. There's it's, it's there's regulated. a reason that crowdsourcing like Kickstarter, you're you're not allowed to, you know, get a monetary return. You're only allowed to get, you know, the product, you know, a credit, um, something along those lines. You know, if you if you crowdsource a movie, uh, you know, 
people get credits in the movie. You know, if somebody crowdsources a comic book, like you get a copy of the book, but like you don't get money back. Like you, you're not because you can't. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you legally can't. You know, so. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's it is an issue. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Now, my thing I mentioned before that you know people are going to have access to the game at every step, every build. You know, they're going to have access to it. I don't think it's a good idea because that was you know what? Idea. <laughs> <laughs> game developers are game developers for a reason, and I work in the IT field. And I know what it feels like to have people, you know, try to get involved and do stuff. And not know what they're doing. And then they're questioning you, like, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And I'm like, because that's not how it works. <laughs> you know? I'm a trained professional, <laughs> and I know how to do this shit. Now get off me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, that's how, that's how you feel about it. It's like, why? Like, you know, and then you go to explain something to them, and they're just like, speak English. I'm like, I am speaking English. You just can't understand what I'm saying. You know, it's just like, but. This is why you shouldn't be involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is just like, you know, why doesn't this game have ponies with wheels? You know, like, it, it's stupid stuff. I, I, I can only imagine <laughs> that stupid stuff is going to come up. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? You're going to have somebody who does nothing about stuff. Because, you know, they're even saying, you know, not just businesses, but investors can invest up to $100,000. You're going to, I mean, those people are also not going to be interested in playing the game. Yeah. Like, let's say somebody, you know, a group of people, like a group of five people puts in $250. You know, okay, they're probably more interested in actually playing the game. Now... There's gonna be somebody who gets the alpha build of the game, not or pre-alpha really, of the game where there's like a track and a car and physics aren't right, and they're gonna be like, "Why did my car just bounce like it's on the moon because I hit a rock?" Yeah, and then it's and all so over like, YouTube. It's pre-alpha build, like it's not together yet. We're just letting you play, and like it's gonna be that's gonna be such a headache for them, and I. I bless them if <laughs> get this off the ground because whoever is their community, you know, or customer service or, or their front facing person is going to literally be tearing their hair out and trying to throw it at people. <laughs> yeah. About this. It's gonna be so bad. I well, you. This game's gonna be totally awesome because they're targeting a ninety percent Metacritic score. Like, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> That's like we're we're a football team. We're targeting winning the Super Bowl. Oh, that's great. Good for you. Like, yeah. Who is it targeting? Like a ninety percent of Metacritic score, ninety percent, ninety percent Metacritic, and a profit of fifty-two million. Yeah, that's the, well, even that's, like the profit thing. Like that's probably like crazy too. But like that's more predictable than Metacritic score because like that stuff is so subjective. Like, it and, is. and we all we all know how tied into um, Metacritic scores people's developers' bonuses are and everything like that. And they really do look at that stuff when they greenlight sequels and that sort of thing. So I guess they have to like target something, but so it just it's just so silly. It's it's a number that they can yeah. give people. Yeah, it's like it, this know, is how good we want our game. Not even just for the developers, but you know, if there is an investor that puts up money, like puts up a, a large sum of money, yeah. like they're gonna want to know what the goal, what the targets are, because that's that's something that's involved with crowdsourcing anyway. Like even when you have you know, a Kickstarter project, like they do give tangible goals about like where this, where the money is going and what it's going to be used for and what the goals are. So, but yeah, 90, but like the fact who, that, you know, it's a, it's a Metacritic score like that. It's a problem already in the game industry without adding to yeah, it. With the whole Metacritic thing is really kind of silly anyways. 
because it, it's just so many people for so many varying theories of quality. I know they do do like a weighted average, but it's still like. Does anyone look? Did any of you guys like get Metacritic and be like, "Well, seventy nine percent on Metacritic. I'm not getting that." The uh, only time I ever like even even take it into account is if not only do I see a game just get bad reviews from places that I trust, but then I see that it has like a really terrible Metacritic score on top of it. Like that's that's the only time yeah. I even look at Metacritic and like consider it because there's just too much that like a number can't tell you. I'm the same way. I have outlets that I trust and there's no there's really no one that I trust one hundred percent because and no one really should because you're just your opinions aren't gonna match up with anyone one hundred percent of the time. But the I don't know, like the targeting ninety percent Metacritic, it's good luck. I'm sure everyone would love that. I'm sure everyone thinks that when they go out to design a game. No one's like, We're targeting like a sixty five on Metacritic. Oh, We're not trying right. to Right. <laughs> you know, you know, like, we don't want to make E. T. but <laughs> <laughs> we're not trying to make Half-Life either. Yeah. <laughs> there's things that, you know, like, of course they would like to get at least that, you know, like 3 million, 52 million profit, 90% medical. Of course. Who doesn't want that? I mean, like, the exactly. only thing I could say that, like, okay, like, if this legally even works out, because that, that in and of itself, I'm doubtful of, because there's too many hurdles to jump through, I think, that they're going to have to try and get past in order to have that work. Um but even if they do get to the point where they can, people can buy those shares and they can get started with this, I mean, I'll give them credit for you know like their you know Need for Speed Shift developer you know Shift did well. Um, it's another racing game. They have experience with that. It's called. It's going to be called Cars. C A R S. You know, That's uh, the whole acronym type of thing. I don't know what it stands for, but whatever. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> um, and. You know, it's gonna have licensed, you know, licensed cars and all that kind of thing, and they're they're planning microtransactions and all that. So, you know, there's ways for them to hit like the profits and all that stuff. But I just don't. I, I also really just don't see it working out as well as planned because it's all very like idealistic. Like if we hit this amount, you can get this amount of money back. If we can hit this, you know, this goal, then you get a return. You know. The idea that oh you put in a hundred thousand dollars and you can get three hundred fifty thousand dollars back sounds really nice, but that's only if, if they hit the goals. Them. Well, so. God bless them for trying something different, but uh, I'm not a best. Nice idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice idea, but I just legally I, good like, for them if it works out. Before you yeah. get to anything else, I there's too many legal hurdles I think for them to even to get to that point, but. Yeah, yeah. Maybe well, they've had somebody smarter than us working on yeah, it. Probably. Maybe. It does sound very <laughs> weird. I'm sure they've. I have to think they've had some legal people look into it, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll we, see. We'll what, see what happens there. We'll see what happens there. Good luck to them on that. But uh, our next topic is regarding Xbox support. Um, some very crappy Xbox support, uh, indeed. Um, yes. So uh, there. Everybody should. I would assume everybody knows that you know your Xbox Live account or your Windows Live account is the same as your pretty pretty much as your Xbox Live account, uh, especially for certain games. Like um, I think the last game that I had was Warhammer 40K. It was like I had to use Xbox Live or Windows Live account, um, but also like um, I know Batman Arkham Asylum, and you know there's just a few other games out there that use you know, the Windows Live account, you know, account system. So, uh, 
this guy, he, uh, you know, he had a Windows Live account, and it was hacked. And then some, uh, what was it, some, fr- some fraudulent pur- purchases were made on his account. Right, to the tune of $125 before he noticed and got to shut it down before, because like somebody had put in a secondary, uh, like a secondary temporary email address yeah. to, so that they could reset his password, basically get full access to his account. And he managed to cut it off before that happened, but they still got $125 of purchases before he did that. Yeah, basically it's a grand total, they say, of 10,000 Microsoft points. That's a lot. That's a lot of Microsoft points. Um, oh. But uh, so he calls up Xbox support. Xbox support tells him because he doesn't have an Xbox, they can't help him. They can't refund his money back. Even though Windows Live is literally the same thing now as really as having an Xbox Live account. Yeah. Hilariously, the guy he spoke to, they said, made it sound like he was not even aware that there was a thing called Games for Windows Live. <laughs> the guy working <laughs> in Microsoft customer support. Yeah. And, uh, and then they told him that they would have to investigate it. And they yeah, get back to him and said there's, you know, nothing wrong with it. You're going to have to go to your bank and try to get a refund. And that was a month later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? It should throw up a red flag right away, I think, if someone's buying 10,000 Microsoft points at once. Yeah. I have well, never didn't, but even if, like, you found know, the there need was to have an... that many points. Yeah, but even if, like, they, even if it wasn't at once, like, if the guy hadn't used his Xbox Live, like, his, his, his games from Windows Live much, like, he had two games on his account. Right. It's... He had Batman Arkham Asylum... And he had Viva Pinata. Yeah, it's just like it. when you have a credit card discrepancy, they look at your history and then they see that, oh, wow, this clearly is not something that you do. A red flag goes up. Right. Uh, apparently that didn't happen. No. No. In fact, they just didn't see any problem with. They just figured they he said really that he liked the service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, he didn't, you know, like, like there wasn't even anything fraudulent going on, you know, despite the fact that he literally had records that showed that he didn't do it. <laughs> you know, like, he, he he knew he didn't do it. Records. <laughs> it was like, sorry, sir, you're going to have to go to your bank. And it's like, really? Uh, but, but, but the story does have a happy ending. And I think it really is because of how much attention it got in such a short period of time. Oh, because, I mean, this, this literally happened today. Like, this started this morning. Um... Or at least like it got out into the news, into you know, into the to the news this morning, and uh, Stephen Toulouse, the the director of policy and enforcement for Xbox Live, you know, big guy up top, you know, with all that fun stuff, um, basically said like he was totally given wrong information. The 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 everything is the same for PC and Xbox. Basically, we could totally refund his money. Basically, that like. Everything he was told was wrong, more or less. Um, yeah. And then, like, I mean, literally within the same day, the guy got his money back. Oh, yeah. But, like, what? People are talking about this on the internet? Oh, don't worry. Get your, your money, get your money. That is the only reason they fixed this. It yeah, is. And, that and how high up, like, the person who looked into it was, because I guarantee if he had to go up the, go up the flagpole like, like a normal person, then it would have, he would have been, he would have been run around so much. You yeah. know, but like when you have the director step in and say like, "Oh, this is a problem," like, and and you know, I can't even say that like he's wrong. I can't even say that like you know th- their policy. You know, it probably is the same. But you know, it, 
even if the person that is on the phone working for Xbox Live, that doesn't mean that they know everything. It's like anything else. You know, you got people who just... But, the, you know, those are, guys, they do check with their supervisors, though. That's true. I, that's and, true. I know. Because that situation. I, yeah. I was telling these guys about an experience I had on Xbox Live um, dealing with trying to get a, ref- a refund or pretty much just a resolution to a problem I was having when I, I, uh, I bought an episode of Fringe that I had missed on TV. Uh, and when I, my DVR was full, so it didn't record it. So I bought this episode of Fringe, right? And once it got to like about, I don't know, 30 minutes or so, it would black out. There was something wrong with the file. So I called Xbox support, and basically, you know, they had me do all this different stuff to try to fix the issue. And then they're just like, um, well, it's got, it's got to be something wrong with the hard drive. So we're going to replace your hard drive. I'm like, you can't, I, it's okay. Just give me my points back. I didn't even ask for money. I just want the points back. You know what I'm saying? And like they're like, no, we can't do that. We'll send you out a new 120 gig hard drive. You know, like what? How, how backwards is that? You know, like, what? like how much was the episode? Like two bucks? Or yeah, something? yeah, it was high def, so it was three dollars. Woo! You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, we won't refund you the points for three dollars, but we will send you a new hundred dollar hard drive. Exactly, and it's just like I'm not even I'm not asking for money back. I want the points that I can only use in Microsoft Land. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm gonna use the points in Microsoft Land. Probably to buy either buy a game or another episode of something else, and you're gonna send me a, a 120 gigabyte hard drive, and this is after the person had gotten off the phone and talked to his supervisor. You know what I'm saying? And then once he came back and I yelled at him for telling me something so stupid, he went back and talked to the supervisor again, and he was like, "No, there's no way for us to refund the points back." I'm like, "This is absolutely ridiculous. This is it, it that's crazy to me." That yeah. is just so crazy. Like, uh, like, I I want the thing that is a fraction of the cost of the thing you're trying to give me. No, and literally costs not. you nothing to give me back. Exactly. Literally. Even yeah. if somehow you were lying about the episode, and that you were you were just trying to pull one other on them, they lose like 240 Microsoft points. Big yeah. whoop. And they keep Jared. <laughs> and, and they keep. And they keep. On his Xbox, where he can purchase other things. Right. If you if you lied about it, then okay. Like then you're they're out 240 Microsoft points. But if you didn't lie about it, then they just made you happy, and they have it on your record anyway that that happened. So even if you try and do it again, they know that like, you know, well that was a one time thing, sir, or or something. Right. But like, we're gonna send you a hard drive instead. No, it it was totally backwards. I I was just that's why I, the story is totally believable to me because the way they do things at Xbox support is like uh is it, very very I heard backwards. Jared got so mad that he turned his PlayStation on later that night. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, Jared doesn't play a lot of PlayStation. I it's a it's my Blu ray player. It, it's my Blu ray player, honestly. Sadly. You know. I, I did beat Arkham Asylum on the PS three though. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome game. So, but like, look, like one quick side note before we move on. Um, the guy who I actually talked to made me feel like ancient because he was like, "Oh, I see you have an Xbox Live account." Like from the day that Xbox Live opened, I'm like, "Well, yeah." He's like, 
what did you do before Xbox Live? And I'm sitting him tell, t- telling him like more stories about like you know GameSpy Arcade and stuff like how that worked. You know, playing Halo via like pretty much VPN on on GameSpy Arcade, and he's just like, "Wow, it was it was really funny." <laughs> I think that might have been the same guy that did not know about games for Windows Live. <laughs> It was it was very funny. Like I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm telling this. Like I'm like, well, back in my day, you know, we used to play games by arcade and you know, Crimson Skies and blah blah blah. You know, so yeah. <laughs> um, oh my god, man, what are you like thirty or something? That's crazy. Oh man, tell me again, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> Is it but, like Plague Pog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but um. Yeah, this story, like, guys, if you have trouble with Microsoft and Microsoft points and stuff like that, don't expect a resolution that's like this. I would expect more of my regular guy resolution than what this guy got, unless you can get GamePro to publish an article about you. I was just going to say that. (laughs) So, but, um... Your cousin writes for GamePro. You're in good shape. Exactly. Um, And we'll let you know when Mash Those Buttons gets that status, because we'll write articles for you since you're fans. Absolutely. Absolutely. But only those of you listening right now. Yes. <laughs> One time deal, guys. But um all right, so moving on to our last topic. Um there was an article that came or that uh, was uh published on Bitmob and it's called The Industry's War Against Consumer Rights. And this kind of ties into topics we were discussing last week. Well actually not just last week, but topics we discussed I guess frequently I can say on the podcast. Um, regarding DRM and, uh, you know, online passes and, you know, stuff like that. Pretty much um, things that publishers... We talk this stuff to death. Yes, actually. <laughs> and we're going to do worry, it Don't worry, we got all new material. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, so basically it's like, you know, things that publishers do to negate the secondhand sales market and piracy. And uh, so the author, the author of this, you know, of this article, he's saying, you know, this is like, you know, the publishers and, and, and developers are declaring open war on consumer rights. And he says their missiles are always on DRM, online passes, and digital distribution. Um, I don't think digital distribution is one of their missiles. I think digital distribution is super. But besides that, um, you know, he's saying that, you know, they're... They're punishing the gamers for secondhand sales by, you know, making us pay for online passes and uh, dealing with DRM. And it says they're not entitled to one cent beyond their original sale. And that is, uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a popular opinion, but there are definitely quite, you know, quite a few people who feel like that, that, you know, the, 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 they compare it to car sales a lot. That, you know, the developers, you know, well, once the game is sold, you know, you shouldn't be able to double dip, you know, that, that the game the game is mine, you know. Uh, I which, agree with the sentiment that they are not entitled to anything, and they often try to come off like they are. Like, your money just belongs to us because we made a game that, that is good. Like, well, on the one hand, no. You're, you're entitled to what the market says you're entitled to, not to what you say you are. That's how this thing works. On the other hand, and... I don't remember. It was one of you two guys made this point before the show, and I agree with it completely. You know, if we don't support these guys that are making these games, they're not going to get made anymore. So I buy all my games new, 
and I kind of like getting games that are good. Yeah. So. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, my thing is about, like, first of all, this article, I can't say anything he says is 100% wrong. You know, I can't say, oh, this guy just doesn't know what he's talking about. I just don't agree with everything. And then there's a balance that he doesn't, you know, have, like, you know, develop, publishers and developers have every right to protect their games. Okay, they have every right to do that from being stolen. At the same, on, on the token though, the balance needs to be that the DRM or the the, the protections they shouldn't pu- punish, you know, the gamers like always on DRM. Like for example, Assassin's Creed Two, several people said, you know, as soon as you dropped a packet, it cut off in the middle of like you know playing the game. You know that punishes. The player, the player that obviously bought your game because the hacker has hacked it and doesn't have the always on DRM. So that you know, does suck. And that's it's the thing. I'm pretty sorry, lame when you punish people that are paying for your game, but at the same time, I, I do understand that they have to do something. Yeah, you can't expect them just not to do anything. Just go. Well, all right. It's yeah, gets stolen. Oh well. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I can understand DRM, but it's the punishing portions of DRM that I don't appreciate you know and then you know he talks about you know online passing and digital distribution as a way to fight the secondhand sales market and you know he goes on about that but like if he wanted to be balanced if this author wanted to be balanced he really should have talked about the abuse uh, of the of the secondhand market not the secondhand market itself abusing developers but how some corporations abuse the secondhand market namely gamestop you know they abuse the secondhand market because the secondhand market isn't no. good. It's it's been around. Okay, yes. <laughs> the secondhand market's been around for you know since Funko Land. I was just going to say that since fucking yard sales. Forget Funko. <laughs> yeah, there you like, go. Since yeah, there you you go. could sell your Nintendo games at a yard sale. The secondhand market's been around, but the difference has been our organic before GameStop really came along. They and turned really- it into a full business model. I mean, they don't stock game they don't buy new games from publishers and developers just to keep their used games in circulation that's a problem you know what i'm saying it'd be different they were still buying the same the same amount but they're not but they're, they and they, on top of that when you go into the stores they push the used games on, on the users you know what i'm saying and let's be oh, real anybody who's ever been into a gamestop knows, knows that yeah and let's be real i mean like <laughs> If you're like, if you're like well, a lot of you see, I, well, you guys, you work at GameStop. You, if you see parents in there, the parents are like, oh yeah, five dollars less, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's fine. Use game almost every time. Yeah, exactly. So you know that's just part of their business model, and I mean that's abuse. Like GameStop is double, triple, quadruple dipping on you know on the secondhand market, and there are because of the way they do it, publishers and developers are losing money. I mean, look at Quantic Dream. I mean. Sold two million, but they know as a fact that at least three million people have played their game. You know, and a lot of those are probably you know not all of them. I would say were used sales because people let their friends borrow games too. But a lot of those were used sales. You know, so that's like thirty three. If let's say they were all used sales, that's thirty three percent of their of what they could have made gone. You know, so. You know, with the way GameStop does it, and now I think the problem is not that because of GameStop's success, 
a lot of other places are doing it. Best Buy has a trade-in program, yeah. and they're pushing used games. Target has a trade-in program. Amazon has a trade-in program. Gamefly has a trade-in program. And if all these places have a trade-in program and are pushing used games as opposed to buying new games, that's going to start to take a, a much bigger chunk from the developers, from the publishers. And if they don't have the money to make the good games for consoles, they're not going to do it. They're going to go to a different space that they think they can make their money. Yeah, and it hasn't gotten as bad yet in other places. Uh, like, last time I went in the Best Buy, I was telling you guys, I did get asked, like, hey, we got this used version, do you want that? And, no, I don't. I want the new version. And I was oh, okay. You know, so it's not like GameStop yet, where, like, I'm like, yeah, let me reserve that. And I'm like, yeah, dude, make sure when you come in, you bring in, like, four games, and we'll give you, like, I don't know, like, 7% off or something. You know, <laughs> so it hasn't gotten that bad yet. But if you, if anyone has been following it, know that Best Buy basically said, like, yeah, we want to be more like GameStop in that capacity. Uh, so dude, why wouldn't you? They make, get, yeah, they exactly. Make lots of money. GameStop has single-handedly stayed in business for as long as it has because of its use sales. Otherwise, GameStop would be gone. You, yeah. There wouldn't be a GameStop anymore. And the profit margin is like so low on new game sales. Is there even most, a profit margin? Bear. I mean, What's like, that? I mean, is there even a profit margin? I think it's a one-for-one one deal. Like, I don't think they make any money off of like actual no, they games. Do money because they, it's like, very little. Not GameStop employees. Uh, you know, fifteen percent off. I think it is. It's been a while since I worked there. Well, like, it was fifteen percent. So it, I, yeah, so. It's, I think it's fifteen. It's usually like fifty-three dollars or something like that for sixty-dollar game. Something, something like that. You know, like the, you wouldn't get that off if they were losing money. Yeah, you know, and at best, you know, I mean, you used to work at Best Buy, Jared, as did I. Like they did the same, basically the same discount. It was ten percent. Best Buy's discount discounts were, yeah. It was ten percent on media. I mean, Best Buy like probably has the best employee discounts I've ever seen, but yes. on media stuff, it was ten percent. Right, and like, yeah, they're not going to give that out and lose money on a sale to employees. They're probably not making any. Yeah, their their profit little. margin isn't great, yeah. but it's that's, definitely that's it's there. It's very small, but it's there. Yeah. I'll stop rambling about it about numbers. Oh, I thought you were gonna say something else important. Oh, yeah, I thought there was something else going with that. I'm gonna stop talking about numbers and talk about the topic. <laughs> I thought that's what was gonna happen. But um, yeah. So um, I don't know. I mean, uh, the second I don't think there's anything wrong with secondhand sales, but when you abuse it like that, that's a problem. And as if I was a creator of something, like if I created a product. And like you're making hand over fist reselling my product over and over and over again, and I'm not making a single cent. I think that's a problem. I would feel some type of way about that, you know. Especially because I mean, like how much money they make off of the used sales. I mean, first of all, they get the the sixty bucks from the initial sale. Then if you trade it in, even the same day, if you've opened it up, boom, right there, you only get maybe maybe half of it back maybe $30, and that's on a really, really good day. You know what I'm saying? Then they turn back around and sell it for another 55 So, yeah. And at this point, it's and not it just, just GameStop. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nick. It just, keep, just real quick, it, just, it keeps going up, like how much of their profit is made up of those used game sales because they just keep pushing, and they're just like, I mean, you, anyone, again, anyone who's been in there, you see like the walls and the bins are just bursting at the scenes with used games. And like Rob and I know from working there, like there are more in the back. They have run out of room at most GameStops to put out used games. 
They just they having to just put them in the, like the old sports games, especially like there are so many used games that they're trying to sell sell that they're just like stuffing them away in places. Yeah, so, like here, like let's go with this. Um, I mean, yeah, that they, they they are literally swimming in used games because like that's like how Scrooge much stuck and gold right, coins. It really just is that. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how much they push, you know, the trade ins and trying to sell the games. Like that they just are. They have nothing but used games. I mean, like not every store is like that, but a lot of them are. Um, but. I don't know what the number is for because I mean it's it's really just too broad of a number to figure out how much money like the game industry made um like say last year but GameStop pulled in 9.47 billion and I would pr- I just just off of a guess because I don't know what the actual percentage is I would say 75% of that is probably used because that is the majority of GameStop's business it may even be more than that really but Nine point four seven billion, like that's a hit, like from the game industry. <laughs> like you can't tell me that's not that's not a substantial amount that like is lost. Like that, at, at, there's at least you know even being generous, like half of that is 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 new sales lost. Now, I get the idea of what you know, like like what you said that. Not everything the person says in this article is wrong, but like it also is not entirely right either. You know, like I get the I get hating DRM that you know public you know punishes the person that actually buys the game legitimately. Um, you know, you can have a problem with online passes, although that is kind of like a wishy washy you know thing. Um, it, you can you can have a problem with certain things that publishers do, you know, because they're wrong, you know. Like Sony deciding that they're going to, you know, cut a, a new terms of service that doesn't allow you to to punish them for making a big, big, huge mistake like the PSN debacle, you right. know. Like you can't do a class action lawsuit. Like that's a problem. You those things you there, there's a problem with that, and of course, and customers should speak out. But at the same time, like you can't say that. I hate the analogy of a, of of use of a car sales to games because like they're not the same. I mean, we were talking about this beforehand, but the preach, Rob, preach. But the <laughs> but game sales. Okay, if you if you buy a car and then you turn around somewhere down the line and you sell that car ten years later, you know you you trade that car you know, in or you sell that car to somebody. That car is not the same car that you bought. You don't get you you get basic functions out of that car that are the same. But I guarantee you that not all the same stuff works ten years from now in the car you bought the same way it did the day that you bought it. The problem with a game sale is that you could trade that game literally like a hundred times. You could you could that game could pass hands a hundred times and everything is the same. You know, uh, you well, know usually. minus minus the idea of you know online passes DRM minus that stuff. Like if you just literally were to say like, here's Madden, you know, like four years ago, and you gave that game to somebody before you know online passes came, you could go online, you could you could play every mode, you could start over from the beginning, you could you could create whatever. There, there's no limitations on that. 
Assuming you know, they treat it well, because we've seen plenty of people coming with scratched up games. Uh, let's say it's, let's them, say it's Blu-ray. We know they do get taken in. Let's say it's Blu-ray. Taken, oh, so. I know they get taken in, but that's that's a different that's a whole different like enchilada, you know, in its I'm own just way. Saying they can get worn down, it, and it, you, people do come back in like, "What the f? My game wouldn't play." It, it totally can, but that belies the point, though, because like, if it it would be one thing if that were if it were acceptable to sell it to somebody that way. That if that were expected, you know, like there's a certain amount of wear and tear that you allow, but you know, if a game skips, then you have a problem and then you take it back and you get another one from the retailer. Like that's, that's the same as getting a used car that's 10 years old or five years old and expecting it to run perfectly. You know, you don't, you expect that there are going to be some problems that you're going to eventually have to, you know, replace a muffler or something. But if you buy a game and it, and it doesn't work perfectly, people take it back. And like the, and this in of itself is a, it, that that's right there is a, a difference between the two. But but, but if past you're that a certified car, like you're like basically you're getting like GameStop is like basically the certified user. Like GameStop is guaranteeing this game will work. That's like I'm buying a certified used car from from but, some but place, and they're saying that, if there's a problem, even, we'll fix it within X amount of miles. Even then, though, even with like a hundred point certification test. The ga- the car will work great, yes, but that car is not the same car that you. It's not going to work like new, right? No, a it's game, not. The game. I would argue that by its, you know, by the way a game works. If you okay, let's 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 say Blu-ray then, because you know that has a much longer, you know, a much better shelf life physically, you know, as far as okay. scratches and stuff like that, you know, even to just to skip the point of you know somebody taking a game back to the store. Um, you you pass away that you pass around that Blu-ray, and as long as there's no DRM or online pass, that like you can play that game start to finish and every mode the same way that the person who bought it and opened that game up new can. That is not the same as a secondhand market for a used car. Like th- that in and of itself, that right there, there's already a difference. Now, add on top of that the fact that if somebody takes, you know, a game back to GameStop after they spent the ten hours it takes to beat it, and takes it back to GameStop to get a credit for it, and then GameStop turns around and sells it, you have a game that hasn't even been on the market for a week. That's getting there. Gets getting turned around and taking sales from somebody that could have come in and bought it new. Nobody, nobody buys, uh, you know, a Bugatti Veyron and turns around and sells it a day later. Exactly. <laughs> nobody, nobody does that. Like, I mean, maybe somebody has done that in the history of ever, but like, but not in the same, <laughs> not on the same scope or scale that you know. Nobody even turns around and buys an Impala and sells it the next day. You don't do that. <laughs> well, really, the problem then. It's game. It's not as as I see it. It's not the used game market in general. It is how GameStop has just made it so it's, absurdly it's, ridiculous. It's the used game market. That's exactly yes. right. Like because there are things that are not. There are lots of other things that are not cars that people do sell. You know, like you're saying, yeah, GameStop. It's like the next day you find it used. Most anything that you buy, people don't try to sell secondhand within a day or a week. Right. But you, you do find all kinds of shit besides right. cars for sale online. And the original maker never gets any money when it's sold secondhand. Oh, sure, but like, but in all of those cases, I can't really, I really can't think of anything that matches games for the fact that that the, a game is exactly the same. 
you know, if you buy a TV, like you, or you run the, it's already been worn down. Like you know, it's not going to be as bright or as colorful um, as it was the day you bought it. You know, you buy, you buy a Blu-ray player, you buy a system, buy a buy a game system, and it's not even really the same. You know, like it is. No, it's it definitely not. Yeah, it doesn't run the same way. You know, like there's. <laughs> it's funny because I almost want to ask people like. How how willing would you be to be like to to go out and only buy used systems the same way that it, say you only buy used games? You wouldn't <laughs> because I mean maybe there are people that do, but for oh, the most people it's not going to be the same level of like people who are willing to do that because because the system's not the same. System breaks, you know, like it's kind of your own fault. Like oh somebody already had that system for you, you don't know how they treated it, you don't know what happened. You know, you can look at a game and tell right there. You know, yeah. whether or you can't not like, crack open that PlayStation in the store and like you're like, well, this is a problem with the laser here. Six months and hope that you know yeah. that it's fine. You know, you take it home for six months and it breaks down. That's what you got for buying used. You 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 hopefully made up whatever difference in you know how much you saved in that money that that six months that you got of it was worth it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what your I guess that that's what your hope is, like. It, it, the secondhand market isn't the problem. I don't have a problem with the secondhand market the way that like it was. You know, I would say. You know, even when it was, even when Funko Land was around, like the, the used market wasn't as bad. But GameStop took the used market and changed it into something else. Now, you've never heard publishers and developers complaining about Funko Land's evil used game sales. So you never, you you're never saw right. Nintendo you're... trying to shut down yard sales. You know. Yeah. And people do it all the time. Like, people still do that. But, like, you didn't see companies trying to put the same amount of effort into stopping the, just the sheer amount. Like, because it's gone beyond piracy. Like, fuck piracy. Like, piracy's not the problem. We've really pretty much established that, you know, at least between us, you know, and all the podcasts and stuff that, it, that secondhand sales are. But let's not even call it secondhand sales. Let's call it GameStop. <laughs> GameStop's influence. Call a horse a horse. Because, yeah, because it's that's that's where we are. You know, there isn't a problem with the secondhand market. There is a problem with literally somebody who sits in the middle and changes the secondhand market into not being a secondhand market anymore. It's the post firsthand market. Like yeah, it's their complete business model, right? And, and that's the problem. I and I it's guess not my the complete business model, but it's a large chunk. Is a Enormous chunk. Of the only the reason, the only reason they would probably even sell new games is so they can get used games in. <laughs> oh, if they were not selling new games, like because but but that's part of the business model too. Literally, the business model is that like it's a circle. And that's yeah. why it works the way that it does. But if you buy a new game, then you play that new game, you take it back, you trade it in for credit, you get that credit, and then you go and buy a, another game, or you pre-order something, or you buy a used game. Like, it's all circular. So, like, new games fit in there, but new games are certainly not the, you know, where they want you to be all the time. They don't want you to bring that game and trade it in for credit and then buy a new game. Yeah, necessarily. Exactly. Yeah, I, like you can because then they can still sell that game that you traded in. It doesn't matter to them. But my they, ultimate point on this though is that GameStop is the one to look at to be mad at. It's I, I hate to hear like gamers demonized for buying used games. Yeah, because it's not. There's nothing wrong they, with like we just established. Stuff. It went on for years and it was never a problem. Yeah, like, there's nobody nothing wrong ever with complained about Funko Land. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with borrowing a game from a friend or not being sure or wanting to to game fly a game to see how it plays or see how multiplayer plays without having to get an online passport. Like, yeah. There what, what if the movie industry came out and started yelling at people for like, how dare you get together with three people and watch the one copy of our movie? Yeah, we gotta eat too. Pirating Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but I mean, it's just. You'd look at the right person. You know, it wouldn't be a problem if GameStop didn't turn the secondhand market into something that it's not. You know, the real question that should be getting asked I mean, like, yes, there are issues with the industry versus consumer rights. There always will be because they're businesses and they're always going to step too far. You know, and that's when you speak out and you try and you stop them from putting shitty DRM on your games. You, you know, you stop them from cutting your games into DLC and stuff like that. But the question I would ask is, if you have you you don't have a problem with the secondhand market, how much of a problem do you have with the fact that like GameStop is basically siphoning the life out of you know the mar- out of what gives you games to even get secondhand? Like you know, that would be my question. Like how how do you feel that like you're basically just supporting GameStop, you know, ruining the secondhand market as it is. You know, that that's what I that's where I that's what I take from it. You know, it's to me that's the problem. Like it's not that the secondhand market's a problem, it's that GameStop is ruining the secondhand market. Yeah. They you know, they purchased all of their dedicated competitors and then they just made a science out of the used game thing. And people are going for it clearly because a lot of people are buying used games. None of us really do, but a lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only other thing, too, is like I, there are certain things he does talk about that are different, um, like the cloud. That's different. But I've, I've already got to the point that, you know, I don't necessarily like the cloud, aside from anything but demos. Like, I don't want to purchase a game for $60 off the cloud. And exactly. That's, that's not a good idea. There, there are things that they get, you know, that he talks about that make sense. But there are certain things that, like, especially the big part of it, you know, the used market and stuff like that, eh, you know, that's not the problem. <laughs> them, them wanting to, to, to get their fair share is not really the problem. Yeah, it's it's pretty much how the retailers are handling it, and you know the, the thing is, right now it's kind of it may seem like they're whining. Like right now we may not see any studios closing because of directly due to secondhand sales, but that's because games it, GameStop has been has been primarily the one doing this for a long time. But like we, I, I named just a few off earlier: Target, Best Buy, probably eventually Walmart and Amazon, GameFly. When all these places start circulating secondhand video games, like what do you there's think not going to be a first-hand market anymore. Exactly, games will just come out used. Yeah. The developers just play them, <laughs> and that's <laughs> sell the trade for fifty-five bucks. Might yeah. as well play it first, then fuck it. Uh, <laughs> Hey, you guys want this used Mario game? Yeah. Miyamoto played the first level already. Yeah, you know, they're not gonna they're just gonna want like, you know eventually you get to the point where they'll just be trading it for sandwiches. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> trading used game for sandwiches because they they're hungry and they gotta feed their family. <laughs> but um yeah, actually this um I wasn't really expecting it, but this this topic here tied right in with our question from last week. Uh which was uh, you know, how do you you know, based off of the fact that you know, developers don't get money from secondhand sales. Does that de- does that determine whether or not you're going to buy a used game or not? 
And we got a couple of responses. Uh, one from WookieBH, uh, which is, no, it does not. I assume the developer got their money on the initial purchase. That's just the nature of the second-hand goods market. So, you know, for him, it doesn't really make a difference. You know, wherever I guess wherever he's going to find his deal, he, you know, he finds a deal, I guess. You know, if he, if, if he wants the $5 off, he'll take it. Um, Sage Infinite says, before I didn't, before it didn't know, uh, sorry, before it, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's late, folks. It's late. <laughs> See you end of the show, guys. Give it a break. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, so before I didn't, but now being aware of how things work, you know, it does. Um, companies I want to support, I try to always buy new. Uh, companies I don't want to buy the game, I usually buy used. Uh, and he says, LOL. I wonder if he really LOL. But anyway, um, <laughs> I really study on that. Yeah, I really don't like how GameStop's GameStop prices use games, so I try not to buy any new or you anything new or used from them. So he's not a GameStop fan at all, um, you know, regarding that. And now Admiral Mikey, uh, he actually uses a couple of examples. Uh, he says, "Well, should the car manufacturer get a cut?" Off of sales of pre-owned vehicles, should the original jewelry manufacturer get a cut off uh, off of a necklace resold at a pawn shop, controlling the sale of any pre-owned product so the that the original manufacturer gets some profits is a slippery slope. I just think that it may hit the video game industry a little harder than others because of the ease of which you can buy used games through GameStop and the like. Also, what do you do in direct seller to buyer situations like eBay? If a game interests me enough before it launches, I have no problem paying full price for it. I'll pay the $60 and gladly buy the new game. If I'm skeptical about a game's quality or content, that means the publisher isn't doing their marketing job and making me feel that the game is worth the full price. Used Heavy Rain as an example, which we did um, last week. I wasn't sure if if that was a game I would enjoy enough to be worth 60 so I rented it from Gamefly. It was okay. I played it, beat it, but didn't feel like it would be worth buying after I sent it back to Gamefly. He makes a really good point with the jewelry one. I think that's really... The, there, here's one where if you're selling that again, the jewelry really... There's not going to be anything wrong with it. You know? Right, like, jewelry like, doesn't yeah. really depreciate. Especially, like... I mean, this is, you know... a not a common occurrence, but let's say you buy an engagement ring, she says no. And then, you know, this relationship is over. This isn't working out. Then you, you know, you have to sell it back. Then it'll just take it back. And, you know, now here it is for sale, like, whatever, a week later, a month later, at probably not too far off. I mean, I don't know. I've never bought used jewelry. <laughs> so yeah. maybe I'm not the best maybe. person to talk about this. But it the point is, it's something bling. that doesn't. What's yeah, that? I, uh, so you get fresh bling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know what? This it kind of falls in the same thing though. Like even with jewelry, you know, nobody who didn't steal it is turning around and uh, you know getting a diamond necklace from somebody for their birthday or for Christmas. You know, short of people having the pawn stuff, which is totally different. You know, that's not the same thing. Um, but nobody, they're not turning around and selling something that has sentimental value a day later. You know, like you're not like it's. It, it doesn't have similar value, though. It, oh, it does. It has similar like, value. I think we like, at least found something that has similar value. Right. It, it's I, basically it's not, the shelves are not flooded with the with the new uh, diamond model. You know, 
two days after it came out. Exactly. Right. It's, a, it's a little different because they're kind of, well, the price. Yeah, they're very specialized, know. obviously. It's and not. it's also very unique, too, because, you know, I'm not going to go out and buy a pearl necklace for myself. <laughs> you know, like, because... Surprises me. I'm surprised you'd say that. You know, like, jewelry's <laughs> like, like, very specialized. You know, like, it's not... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're I mean, right. I guess games are too. You know, like you're not everybody's going to buy every game, but I don't know. To me, it's it's. I, I he makes a good point because I I also like the idea, but you know, behind it is a slippery slope to try and control pre-owned sales, which they shouldn't. You know, to a certain extent, you know, online passes and stuff like that. Like, I don't know how I feel about that because I get what the problem is with you sales, but at the same time, like. To, to have that, you know, be your solution doesn't really fly to me at the same way. But at the same time, like, you have to deal with the way the market is. And the market's been changed. So, you know, that's what they feel like they have to do. I feel like, you know, direct seller to buyer situations like eBay, it's the same thing as yard sale. They don't happen with the immensity or occurrence or with the, the profit margins either of yeah. GameStop. You know, that's... I feel like I feel like that's okay. You know, I feel like that's you know that you should be able to, even if you're not even selling a game, even if you just want to give a game to a friend to play, that they should be able to go and play that game without having to pay ten dollars just to play the online or something. It's different when it's an individual, right? Than when it's the largest, there's a certain uh, specialty video game seller oh, in the world. Right. When somebody turns that into a business model, like that, that's it basically kind of becomes the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, but uh, thank you guys for uh, commenting. Uh, we always appreciate it. Uh, what should be our question for this week? Hmm. hmm. Let's see. Should we, I don't know, maybe. We are maybe, completely prepared as usual. Yeah, I, I, we, I told you guys before, we don't really think of what the question is going to be beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we continue? Like, see, well, the last week was regarding secondhand sales, if, whether or not it would. Uh, you know, affect your decision by new. Maybe we should say, do you think um, DRM uh, season passes, you know, things of that nature, are you know acceptable? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's an acceptable way for the publisher to defend themselves. Right. Yeah. And yeah. feel free to throw in any other thoughts you have on the subject whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, let's roll with that. Let's, that's our question. You know, for the, for the, for this week, you know, are are those methods acceptable? So, you know, we'll put that in. But, um, yeah, that is actually going to be the end of the topics. Let's see what's, what's coming out this week. You know, we're getting closer to zero hour, so. Yeah, it's getting crazy. <laughs> it's, you know, getting a little hectic out there. Um, um, let's see. So, this week coming up. Um, FIFA's next week, I think. Yeah, FIFA next week. Uh, Ico and Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, yeah. Somebody's excited. <laughs> I mean, I played them, but like, I'm I'm excited for the yeah. <laughs> for the high def release. Yeah, maybe uh, that's a bad thing, but whatever. <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see. Also, Splinter Cell uh, Classic Trilogy. So I actually got that on Steam because I wanted to catch up and actually, you know, play the newest Splinter Cell, which I, uh, I, I didn't play Conviction. No, because the thing is, I bought it. I had to buy it when when Steam flashes you, hey. You can get this game for ten dollars today. <laughs> You're just like, you know, you gotta do it. You gotta. So I did it, and now I'm like, well, I need to catch up on Splinter Cell. So I got the the collection, the trilogy as well. So 
Uh, but yeah, that's coming out. Now, is that for PS3? I believe yeah, it's for yeah, HD, HD PS3. Um, yeah, and there's also Big Game Hunter if you're into that whole thing. But Ooh. you know, and you got X Men Destiny coming out for 360 and PS3, which is so under the radar. It's not even funny. Oh yeah. There's no reason for that, though. Silicon Knights. Oh, there absolutely is. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I was going to get into. (laughs) Not to get into a big thing, but we all know there was a bit of a hype machine behind the last game, Too Human. Well, some people were not too happy with the. Yeah, I wasn't too happy with that. (laughs) And by some people, I mean most all people. (laughs) Yeah, so you guys can look out for that stuff. Um, All right, so, yeah, that's going to end it for us. You can uh, check us out on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash smash those buttons, facebook.com slash smash those buttons, twitter.com slash MTB site. We're, you know, looking for you, so talk to us, please. Just we need some human contact. <laughs> yeah, you know. But, uh, let us know your thoughts. Be let there. us know your thoughts, you know. If you, if you have any issues, you know who to contact. Rob Hill uh, Williams, <laughs> community manager. <laughs> He, yeah, he's waiting for your call. I, if you hated everything I said about used games today, you know, you can come yell at me about it. Yeah. <laughs> you are VP of GameStop's used games division. You know, give Rob a call. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you are wrong, sir. And then that's it. They don't listen to us. <laughs> no, they don't. But uh, And now we're going to email, yes, right. we do. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I heard what you said, Rob, Nick, and Jared. Not cool, man. I not better cool. not. I better not see you in the GameStop. And <laughs> <laughs> I see you on my turf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't come around my block. All right, if you don't want me to spend money at your store. <laughs> but yeah, well, as always, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, definitely let us know. Leave us comments, all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, we will catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thanks a lot, everybody. Later on. Later.